Hello YouTube, James Baker here, and today I have a great call with a U.S. citizen living and working in Latvia. He has a lot of specific questions on how he should structure and pay himself. We start off, and I'm and again, I'm not prepared for these calls. These are cold calls, and just like people ask me their questions, so we I do a lot of research on the call. We go through a lot of scenarios and options, and you understand very well conceptually how a U.S. citizen who owns a foreign company and works abroad, how they pay taxes and the issues that they're facing. So if that's you, stay tuned. This is the video for you. We don't get all the answers in the whole call, but at the end, we make some good conclusions, okay? So I'll see you. Let's get to the call, and hopefully you learn some stuff. I think you will. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. James. Hey Ben, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for showing up for the call. I, I realized that my last call went a little late and it's already eight minutes late on this call, but thanks for being here anyways. Appreciate you. No, I appreciate your time as well. I, this is a great opportunity, so thank you. Great. So let me see. No notes here. So tell me about, about yourself. Where are you calling from today? Sure. I'm... A U.S. citizen, I've lived abroad for the past uh, 13 years, and my wife is Latvian, and we've just moved to Latvia, where I, and I've established a consulting business here since October is when that officially started. And I'm the managing director, currently the only employee and sole shareholder. And as I started to poke around what would be my tax liability and how I address that best, I started coming up against this U.S. guilty tax question. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yes, and naturally I'm interested in minimizing the double taxation as much as possible. And I've, I've gotten two conflicting sources of advice, and you're the tiebreaker. Don't tell me what they both said. I just asked me a question. So I can be independent. Okay. I have been made aware of an arrangement I could make with shares to split 50-50 between myself and my wife. And the question around whether that's going to change, successfully change my company from a CFC to a foreign company and thereby bypass the guilty tax provision. The challenge is twofold. One, that passing those shares to a relative of mine, in this case, my wife, may not work. And there's a reality of control provision as well, where maybe I would have a hard time justifying that I'm still not making the management decisions. Yeah, that is the problem. Code section 316, fact check me, it's not, I don't think that's it. If there's the one about 374 maybe, but definitely stuff owned by your wife is being considered as owned by you as well. So if the purpose is diluting ownership to not be a CFC, it doesn't work like that. If you had a, if your wife had a brother and you want to give him 50%, that would be fine. But, but all that really isn't necessary. Obviously the reporting is annoying. The way to get around guilty tax is by just not having profits in your company. And the way to not have profits in your company is just pay everything out to yourself as salaries, um, as you earn it. And that's the easiest way to, to do it because you still have to file the forms and everything. But if the company has no profits, there's no guilty tax. And then you can also claim foreign tax credits, foreign earned income exclusions on all the money that's paid out to yourself. Okay. But then, so 
<laughs> what I was hoping to do in coming to Latvia is to keep all the money in the business because there is zero percent corporation tax. Okay, if if you don't want to pay the money out, but you don't want to pay guilty tax, the other option is using a USC corporation to own your foreign company. Has anyone talked to you about that option? No. So actually, I'm look thinking about it now. So what? Actually, if you're not paying any taxes in the corporate level in Latvia, then even the C corporation would still have some kind of guilty tax, I believe, because what happens is you get the corporations get a credit for taxes paid, but the personal, I don't think you do on the personal side. No, I am paying myself a small salary. It's near the minimum. So I do pay Latvian taxes to some degree, but it's nothing, it's, it's negligible. But I was hoping not to pay dividends because then I thought that I would, I'd get the 21% tax on the Latvian side and then get hit with the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's tough. You can't, as a U.S. citizen, you can't just put, earn money and put it in a tax-free company and just not pay taxes on it. It just doesn't work like that anymore, especially since the 2018 reform. And even so, even if you did that, when you do take the money out, it would be dividends or it would be um, salaries. So I think, honestly, the, I, it might not be the best way from a Latvian perspective, but to run the company and pay all the profits out, that's the best from a U.S. perspective. But from a Latvian perspective, you probably pay salary taxes, which may be a lot higher. What are the bans that that would be applied to prof uh, to profits in the company if I didn't take it out by the U.S.? What would be the uh, percentage they would apply? That would be, I think, it, ordinary income. It's Form eighty nine ninety two. I think that's what it is. Form eighty nine ninety two. Yeah, so it's that form. It's the U.S. shareholder calculation of global intangible low-tax income. And it just throws it on the tax return as ordinary income. So what would be the percentage uh, the percentage bands that I'd be looking at? That Okay, so I'll share the screen with you. U.S. income tax rates 2021. These are the bands for single. 10% up to 10,000, 12% up to 40. 24%, 86 to 164 for a single person. You can you have to, you can Google search the, the tax rates. I see. Okay. Okay. And so there's, uh, it, and the main reason why you felt like this U.S. C corporation set up owning my foreign company wouldn't work. Why is that again? Because, so when you have a foreign company and you edit, the foreign company is paying taxes, it doesn't matter if you're a person owning the company as far and i haven't looked up this in, in very recently so this is not tax advice if anyone's watching so when you own a company and, and the company pays taxes you don't get a credit for those taxes and you still pay guilty tax on the net income a corporation gets credit for uh, taxes foreign taxes paid when calculate when doing the guilty tax calculation the law was written very poorly it was rushed and put out so it's not very it wasn't written very well so that's why there's these stupid disconnects where uh, an individual owning a foreign company has less is more tax disadvantaged than a, a, a u.s corporation owning a foreign country a company hope that explains a little bit again i haven't looked at these rules recently but i think that's i think that's right based on my understanding and so my memory. 
I think what you've just, as I understand it, what you've just described is why the U.S. guilty tax can be bypassed in this arrangement. But what I'm, what I think I'm not still clear on is why you don't think this would be a route that I could explore given my situation. Because your company isn't paying any taxes. So what would I have to change in order for it to be recognized as paying taxes? Because my company is paying taxes related to my salary. Yeah, it's not paying income taxes, it's paying payroll taxes. And it's done, it's done on a, I don't have all the specifics for the form. I yeah, make- so I'll show you, I'll show you the form. It's the same form, the 8992, and it's calculated like this. You have the name of the foreign company, the income, the loss, the prorated share of the income and loss, and then you get the guilty allocation and you divide E, and that's the rate, and then the guilty allocated to be tested. Then the second page, wait, this is the calculation for net tested income. It's just four of the same, three of the same pages. So just getting r- right to the point, I think what I have in mind is basically what kind of hurdle do I have to cross amount-wise for me to be recognized as paying? Okay, I- here's what it is. Now I remember. It has to be the foreign subsidiary, ha- the foreign company has to pay at least, oh, it was... It's like 19% in taxes, but it's like 21% of the core. No, it's like 90% of the U.S. corporate tax rate. Uh, foreign company must pay, I think it's 90% of U.S. income tax rate. It's, I think it's code section 965. They talk about it. No, hold on. Is this the transition tax? No. 951, okay. Yeah, so if the foreign, that's what it was. Let's look at it this way. Now, I, don't, I can't find it right now, but that's that's what it was. The foreign company actually has to be paying taxes. If the foreign company isn't paying taxes, the guilty tax would always flow through. Okay, so what uh, you're saying is that this, as long as the company is paying income tax at a level of 90% of the U.S. corporate rate tax, I wouldn't have to pay guilty tax, but this is only if it's set up as this U.S. C corporation. If, if the C corp is owning the foreign corporation. Yes. Now I'm happy with where we've landed. Yes. That sounds right. So me, uh, in my current status, I wouldn't have this 90% be able to be applied. No, you're not paying. You're not paying any taxes on the corporate income. I'm looking at the personal income taxes in Latvia, and it says twenty percent to twenty-three percent, and then over sixty-two thousand euros at thirty-one percent. Yeah, so the personal tax rates are high, in in Latvia. Yeah. So, given all these options that we've discussed, what do you think is most advisable? Quick thirty-minute tax plan. I think the easiest way to do it is. And the, the clearest way is to pay it all out and in Latvia and then just not, take credits for what you paid in Latvia in the U.S. Obviously, that leaves you with zero U.S. taxes, but it leaves you with a higher Latvia tax. If you leave the company or the money in the company as is, 
the tax filings are, are more complicated and you have to pay a lot of the difference out in the U.S. But probably doing some projections and doing it in mixed ways, preparing the return as like preparing it as if you're doing it this way to see what the taxes would be when all the numbers come out would be the best way to get a full view of it. Okay, but the U.S. tax rates are clearly lower once I go above 60000 yeah, but... for the U.S. So I think if I yeah. can hit the 60 k revenue threshold, then uh, whenever I do that, then I should keep the money in the business and just pay the U.S. tax because it's going to be lower than that 32% in Latvia. Yeah. And then when you take the, the, there might, how, so how much are you, what are you doing every year? Like what's your, your profit for 2021 expected to be? That's tough. I, I wouldn't want that on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> I understand. It's just to have your name is Ben, but that's fine. If it's, yeah, cause this is actually, this is a really interesting call. I'm getting more. I got a, a, another call last week from a U.S. citizen living abroad. Just with the Trump, the tax laws that Trump put in 2018 were good for a lot of reasons, but they were really bad for this, for these foreign company stuff. It makes it very complicated. Yeah. Just trying to think of another, because I'm happy I talked myself into figuring out what the difference was with the foreign, a U.S. corp owning a foreign business. And then you have, a, if you own the foreign business, then you have to pay the, the taxes on the, whatever wasn't repatriated but then the problem is then you have to pay if you take the money out later you have to pay dividends on pay tax on the dividends you receive do you pay tax in latvia on those dividends as well i haven't taken any dividends yeah but if you ever do if you decide to if i ever do i have to pay 21 percent. okay yeah if you're that yeah because you're gonna be it's really tricky because you're gonna be paying some money to just keep it, keep the money in the company. And then if you ever take it out, you're going to be able to pay more taxes on it. Yeah. It, it just seems as though if I take money out of the business, I'm going to get hit in Latvia and then I'm probably going to have some kind of sum to pay to the U S it seems as though it's best for me to either draw out all of the profit as dividends. No, as Keep everything in. It just seems keep everything in and only take the U.S. hit. But then you have to take the money out if you want to use it later. Have you considered just using a U.S. company for other for any excess, even though you're in Latvia? I'm open to any kind of suggestion that is going to make the most efficient use of the profits because I actually don't need the the money from the business in the next two to three years that I was planning on keeping everything in the business and purchasing assets in the business and keeping it there until I choose what to do in terms of liquidation. So you can always use a U.S. company. The problem there, if you use a U.S. corporation, even if you use a corporation or if you use a U.S. LLC and then pay taxes on it in the U.S., the problem is that you don't, if you get considered, if they consider you doing business in Latvia. And I know you technically would be, but I don't know how their authorities are and how they work for that or how much you travel or any of the other specifics. But if you could move extra money to a U.S. company, then you would pay the same tax on it, basically, except you wouldn't have any double taxation later. And it give you a little bit more flexibility also in getting paid. Yeah. So the only question is the, the their enforcement around me being a Latvian taxpayer. 
because I am registered as such now. Yeah, it's a lot of it's where, because I have clients in, in Latvia who have U.S. companies and use those U.S. companies. It's just if how, how to get around whether or not you're paying taxes in Latvia on that U.S., on the income from that U.S. company and how the tax is calculated and all of that. So it's, a, it's a, obviously, it's a, you've been looking at it. It's a, you need a, attorney, accountants in both countries to help you figure out the best plan of how to operate. But yeah. the, the tax laws don't match up that well, so it's, it's a little bit messy. Okay. Okay. But you're absolutely 100% positive that splitting the shares will be caught out as, as a, a wasted action on my it's part. With your, with your wife, right? What if it was her mother? Yeah. So that's, now we're talking now, now you can maybe find somewhere. No. So I, I use Google to find the right tax code real party for the 38. 318, I said 316. Okay, so 318 is, a, is one of them. Let's check that out. No. And 267 was the other one. Code section. But you have to see which one applies to the form 5471. Form 5471 code section. Oops. I think it's the, this one, though. Constructive ownership of U.S. stock. Constructive ownership of stock. I think this is the one we're looking for. An individual should be considered as owning the stock owned directly or indirectly by or for his spouse and children, grandchildren, and parents. So mother-in-law, I imagine, would be parents. So I don't think mother-in-law would work, especially if you're already married. It's your spouse's parents, so I think they would be considered your parents. Really? I'm just reading the, the words here. Your spouse yeah. and parents. She's, yeah, but that's she's not my parent. They're... They are your parents by marriage. Let's see if we find something. I'll, I'll, you can interpret it as you want. Code section <laughs> well, 18. Yeah, I'm more mind. interested in how the IRS, of course, interprets it. I, I certainly in my own life, if people were to ask who my parents are, I, I wouldn't mention my mother-in-law. Yeah. Okay, this, the Shirazen law, they, they have some stuff here. Children and grandchildren. Okay, they have regulations, obviously. There's no attribution owned by grandparents and the grandchildren. Yeah, it's complicated. There's the, We just look at the first code section, then they have the regulations, then they have interpretations, then you have case law. For a short phone call, it's hard to get into too much detail. Sure. But that's what you have to look at, code section 318, the family attribution, Minnesota International Tax Law Firm. And then you have to look at the uh, how they interpret it here for code se for 5471, this form. And this is control and own stock more than 50%, person in control owns more than 50%, and then they have some examples here, the attribution rules. Yeah, so for a purpose of determining control, the constructive ownership rules of section 318A shall apply, except that stock, oh, so here's a good one, here's the exception. They have an exception here for stock owned by a non-resident. If they're a non-resident, they don't count. I don't remember where it is. A non-resident of the U.S.? Yeah, I think that's what it said. Because I've done this. Oh, yeah, go. Certain rule, special rule for non resident. An individual who is. No, this doesn't work. That's not the right one. Okay, so I don't have this in front of me. I could look at this all day, but I actually have another call at 12 that I. is a paid call that I have to jump on as well. Sure. I don't know how you want to. If you want to have more questions or you want to do this another call later or something. 
this is pretty interesting. I could talk about this and go down a rabbit hole for a really long time. This is like the tax planning that we do. Um, okay, let me converse with you over email and let you go. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, James. Th thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Okay, everyone. So that was a good call. Got in the weeds a little bit. I'm really high energy right now. And I wanted to go through like all of these tax stuff. Oh, I thought I was sharing my screen, but I wasn't. So you're looking at the side of my head a lot. My bad. But if you're a U.S. person living outside the U.S. and you have a foreign company, this is like, these are the things you have to deal with. Like who owns, what do I have to report? Do I have to pay double taxes? It's a mess. And as much as I'd love to, I can't get all the answers in one 30 minute phone call, especially when I show up 10 minutes late. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed the call. Like and subscribe. Comment below if I missed something or if there's something I, I should know or look into. And uh, hopefully we do another call, Ben and I, so we can get to the bottom of this as much as we can in, again, a short call. But I hope this was helpful. You learned something about constructive ownership, foreign corporations, and things like that. And I'll see you on the next video. Thanks.